today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. Have this mindset that because Christ suffered and you're following Christ, Jesus said, Follow me, all right? You take up the cross. Where was he going? He's going to Calvary. He's going on a journey that included suffering. So as you're following him and you're walking in his footsteps, you're going to experience some of the things that Jesus experienced. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and The promise of a perfect, trouble-free life is not a guarantee for the Christian. In fact, Pastor Ed warns us to be ready for the tough times, because they are coming. So, having the right mindset is key. We must yield to Christ in complete obedience, knowing that He will use trial for our good and His glory. His refining fire restores us and helps us see the trial through His eyes. Unsure of the road ahead? No worries. Take on the attitude of Christ and let Him prepare the way. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith. In 1 Peter chapter 4, we're going to read verses 1 to 5. Now he's continuing the thought from the third chapter. He's going back into chapter 3. Because he's continuing this thought of Christian suffering and handling suffering, unfair suffering, all of that that's part of the journey of the believer. And now he gives us, here's what our mindset should be when we go through suffering. So I want that to stick in your heart and your mind. This is the mindset that we should have when we face various trials in life. Therefore... Since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude. Because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. As a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery. Lust and drunkenness and orgies and carousing and detestable idolatry. They think it a strange that you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation. And they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Let that just lodge in your heart. Because it's going to be a guiding light to help you to walk through the dark times that are a part of the journey of life. I was up in New England at Peabody Mass. We were in the midst of a snowstorm. Now that night I didn't sleep, not because of the snow, but I had to give a defense to my doctoral thesis. And I was trying to remember what I had studied years ago because I, I did a chapter, got away from it, did something else, got busy with the church, until finally hadn't called up and said, telling me ought to finish, I'm retiring. 
I got back into it, started studying. I was all prepared. And that night, I couldn't sleep because I was anxious about it, trying to remember things about it, going back over things. Six o'clock in the morning or thereabouts, I open up the shades. It's a horrible snowstorm. And I happened to park my car on the wrong side of the building. The building where the wind didn't blow the snow off the car. It just settled right on top of it. So I go down there and I'm cleaning off all the snow, trying to just get it right. And I'm thinking, let me drive it around to the other side of the building where the wind is blowing so it won't be all messed up when I go back down again. So I did that and I go back upstairs and I get the shower and I go downstairs again and sort of de-ice it again. I'm driving on the roads. They are so icy. I finally get to Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary, and the school is closed. And I still drive up the driveway. I'm determined I'm going to be there. My appointment was the first one, 8 o'clock in the morning. I wasn't going to miss it. I go to the parking lot. It's closed. And so I go to the other parking lot, and they haven't plowed it on, but I park the car as best I can. And the snow is coming down, and the wind is blowing, and it is cold. I'm carrying my suit jacket in a case behind me because I didn't want to get it all wet. I have a coat on. I have my galoshes on. I have my dissertation in my hand. And I'm walking this across the parking lot over into the the walkway, and it's this long walk towards the chapel. I felt like I was never going to get there. I get to the door. I can't open it. The snow is right in front. I have to push the snow away. I go into the lobby. I take my galoshes off. I sit down, change my clothes, try and comb my hair, go up to the demon office, and, and so I, I go for the defense, and the defense went really well. They were very kind to me. As a tradition that you walk out, and you have to wait to hear the response. And I go back in, and they said, Ed... We've approved your thesis. And then they told me, they said, now you can go out and call yourself doctor. In fact, why don't you go, because they didn't know how I came, why don't you go to the airport and have them page you, Dr. Jones? (laughs) Well, as I left the building, put my galoshes back on, took my suit jacket off, put the coat back on, put everything together, I'm walking back to my car. I said, isn't this a parable of the way it's been for me for these years? I felt like I was walking against a storm. So many things going on with the responsibilities of the church and the building program and so many different things happened. Again, this weekend, I went down to Virginia Beach. Now, 35 years ago, Joyce and I went there for our honeymoon. We were married 35 years and we went to Virginia Beach and Williamsburg. When I went down, here my daughter was graduating from Regent. It's been a difficult journey for Melissa these past number of years, but I'm really proud of her plowing through. So they have the graduation, and it was a great graduation, but it was outside. It was freezing. You were warm here. It was cold. The wind was blowing, and the the students came marching in with their umbrellas as they were going in a procession, like a thousand students or something. I said, man, this is crazy. But I was thinking again, Sometimes that's what life is like. You're going after what God wants for you, and you face all types of trials, all types of suffering, 
all types of situations. And Peter's taking us into that place and he's saying, wait a minute. I want you to know what your journey on earth is going to be like. In fact, Paul the Apostle in Acts chapter 14 tells us that that's what life is like entering the kingdom. Where they strengthen the believers, encourage them to continue in their faith, reminding them that they must suffer a few. What was that? No, let's take it out of that version. Many, let's use another version. No, but that's what it says in the other versions too. It's many hardships. That's a part of your journey and a part of my journey. It's just simply that way. The very first thing I want you to see is you must prepare for suffering. We prepare to drive. We prepare for marriage. We prepare for our occupations. We prepare for a lot of things. But Peter says... Be prepared to suffer, to suffer for God. Verse 1, therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourself also with the same attitude because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. What we are to do is we're to look at Jesus Christ and say, this is how Jesus lived in the world. We're going to live that way. This is how Jesus walked. This is how Jesus faced life. This is the way we are to face life. And so he says, have that same outlook, that same attitude, that same mindset that Christ had. So begin to think, all right, I'm starting the journey. Here's a landmine. Here's another landmine. Bomb comes down from above. <laughs> Not from the Father. <laughs> and, and you go through one thing after another. Either you are going into a trial or coming out of a trial, or you're in between and you're just ready to go around the bend and there's a trial waiting for you. That is life. He says, first of all, be willing to suffer the wrongs. Are you a Christian? Are you a believer? Then guess what? On the map of your journey, you are going to suffer. We live in a fallen world and we all suffer. But because we're Christians, we especially suffer. Because God is preparing you for where? Ah, we sometimes forget. That's where we're headed. We do. We forget. We sort of want to put our tent down here and think, here's where we're going to stay. No, 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 no. It doesn't happen like that. It is a journey. This coming week, next week, there's some trials waiting for you. We don't like to hear that. But we don't go through it alone, and God's with us. And that's what Peter is saying. Have this mindset that because Christ suffered, and you're following Christ, Jesus said, follow me, all right? You take up the cross. Where was he going? He's going to Calvary. He's going on a journey that included suffering. So as you're following him, and you're walking in his footsteps, you're going to experience some of the things that Jesus experienced. Paul said that I know him in the power of his resurrection and the, the fellowship of his sufferings. That's what it's about. So you have this mindset. Because Jesus suffered, we too will be involved in suffering. I think about terrorists today. All over the world is terrorists. I think about Boston Marathon, all that happened there. What happens is we have a terrorist. He's the adversary. 
And he wants to terrorize you through the journey. But if you could have this mindset, okay, this problem, I'm going to face it. But I've been prepared. You know how I prepared? I read the book. I look at the road map. I look at the scriptures. Then I go into my prayer closet. And I spend time with God. And when I spend time with God, God is strengthening me for that journey. And so all of a sudden, here's a trial, here's a suffering. I don't sit down and say, whoa, I didn't know this came with a package. I didn't know this was with salvation. No, no, no. We said, no, wait a minute. Somebody told me that. His name is Peter. So suffering is a part of that journey. So I have this mindset that there will be suffering. So I'm preparing myself. Okay, there's going to be a conflict in my home. Anybody have a conflict in their home? Anybody have a conflict at the job? Anybody have a problem in their finances? Anybody have a problem in their bodies? Anybody have a situation in their spirit, in their emotions, where they face something? Anybody have a problem in the church? No, that never happens right here. No. <laughs> Well, what happens is we wind up having these battles that we're going through, and we wind up as we're going through these battles, we're saying, okay, Jesus told me, have the mindset that I'm going to utilize these for good. Be willing to suffer the wrongs. The second thing is to die to sin. Listen to the words again. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourself also with the same attitude, because he who has suffered in his body... Has what? Done with sin. What does that mean? I mean, anybody here doesn't sin? If you raise your hand, we have a confessional for you. (laughs) We all sin. I mean, from our birth to our death, we're sinners. Suffering has a way of purging you. Refining you. If... Make that if big. In fact, put it in bold, in italics, underline it, circle it, highlight it in red. If we allow the trial to work in us, not against us. What happens is in the trial, you have to do something. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. And then you lose your peace. Well, I'm going to handle this situation. I'm going to take the bull by its horn. And God says, in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. You know, I'm going to fight fire with fire. Hmm? What did Jesus say? Turn the other cheek. Go the second mile. Hmm. Every time you face a suffering a trial, a situation, and you let Christ live in you, you go to the next level. Refines you. What happens is when you're in suffering and the pressure is bearing down on you and it's pushing down on you, and you just simply yield to God, the power of sin is broken in your life. What he's saying is the power of sin, it's back is snapped. It's broken. Because in that moment, you yield to God. You do it God's way. And, and God's refining you on the inside. So, be willing to die to, because you have to die to self. Oh, Lord, I have to put self to death. I have to die to myself. I have to yield to you. 
be willing to die to sin because what happens is suffering brings out the sin in us. The pride, the anger, the self-justification. On and on it goes. And that's all in us. God is saying, I'm refining her. I'm refining him. Jesus was without sin, but yet he learned obedience by the things he suffered. So if he, who was God, who was deity, who was perfect, profited from suffering, how much more you and me, who have feet of clay, we learn by what we suffer. You feel like you're walking against the wind. You feel like the storm is in your face. You feel like it's a task to get there. But all the while, God is doing something on the inside, creating endurance and patience. And when things happen in our lives, God means to use it for good. When you face suffering, when you face trial, have this mindset. Go into it. All right? Mike's going to face some trial at work. He has some difficult guy there, whatever happens. You know, or something happens, doesn't go away. He says, okay, the will of God. The will of God. I got to do the will of God. As a result, verse 2, he does not live for the rest of his earthly life for every human desire, but rather for the will of God. So what happens is you think back to the day you were saved. Some of you have come out of the deep darkness of sin. Just like some of Peter's audience, he was speaking to pagans, men and women who come out of paganism. And part of their religious practices were orgies, partying, drunkenness, all of that. And there was this great reversal. Their lives turned around completely. The old life was gone and a new life began. And as they began to walk this new life, they had a testimony because they weren't doing the old things. How many here know that we're not to live the way we used to live before we met Christ? A few of you know that? Okay. We all need to know that. There were things we did that we don't even want to talk about. We're ashamed. Well, these people lived a certain lifestyle, so we don't want to go back there. We don't want to go back and do those things because as believers, we're changed And so there's this great reversal, this great change in their life. But it doesn't stop there. What happens is there's a great response. As a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires. Notice, but rather the will of God. The lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the lust of uh, life, all of those things pull people and our fallen nature. Now, our passions turn around And we are passionate to do God's will. I mean, there is just as passionate as you were to run after the world with your own agenda, your own will, your own purpose, your own plan. You have to take that same passion, that same drive. And you have to say, I'm going to run after God. I want to accomplish His will with the years that He gives, the life that He gives, the breath that He gives. So that's what He's saying. Here's our response. You get into the trial and you say, hallelujah. Practice that with me. You get into a trial and you say, hallelujah. Let's do it again. You get into a trial and you say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, why are you going to say that? Not because you like trials, but in the midst of the trial, God's going to teach you something. 
You're going to lean on his arms and you're going to learn to trust him more. The character of Christ is going to develop in you. You're going to grow as a person. The reason that people don't grow spiritually is because they don't allow the trial to perfect them and to bless them. Look, it's coming. It's a part of the journey for all of us. So we say, all right, I'm going to do the will of God in that trial. Lord, God says, I want to teach you humility, son. Oh, Lord, not another lesson on humility. Oh, Lord. I want to teach you, son, to walk in complete obedience. Lord, it hurts so much. I'd just like to exert my own will. And God says, son, daughter, I want to perfect meekness in you. I want to perfect humility in you. I want to perfect a dependence. I want to change you so I could take some of those rough edges off of you. That's what he's doing. So he says, okay, Lord, your will changed me here. But then also there's something else. We are preparing for a judgment by God. Someday he's going to come. He's going to judge the world. Your neighbor who's not saved, the best he is ever going to get is in this world. I mean, that's his best. Next world, he's in trouble. No holidays there. It's hot all the time. But for you, there's a future. We remember our lives will be judged by God. Everyone stands before God. Jeremiah says this, Hi, the Lord, search the hearts and examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. Wow. Do you know, as Christians, we will be judged? I won't be sent to hell if you're a believer, but we'll be judged for how faithful we are, how we've lived our lives, how we have followed God. And so we have in mind, Lord... I want to go and I want a great reward. That's the passage of scripture found earlier in the book. Let me read it to you again. We remember our focus is on the future reward given by God. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully, fully upon the grace that's going to be given you. Someday you said, you know, week after week I gave in church. And I drove an old car instead of a new car because I wanted to give. I took the second place instead of the prominent place. Or I, I humbled myself. I gave in in situations where I surrendered my rights. And God's going to say, well done. Well done. But if God pats you on the back because he sees in your heart, you're wanting to please him, you're truthful even when it hurts you. Even when it doesn't make you look good, you try to be honest. You have a a different mindset than the world has. A godly mindset that said, my life is lived for one purpose. Not to accumulate all I can in this present world because it's going to go up in a puff of smoke. It's going to disappear like that. What does matter is how I've lived my life for Jesus Christ. Someday, I'm going to appear before him. Building in faith. We hope you've been blessed by the teaching of Dr. Edward Jones in the book of 1 Peter and invite you to join us again. In the meantime, we'd love to keep in touch with you. 
Our phone number is 845-462-5955. We're here to join you in prayer for whatever is going on in your life or to answer any questions you may have about how you could have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That phone number again is 845-462-5955. Be sure to check out our website as well at buildinginfaithradio.com. There you'll find messages from previous series available to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Get to know the wonderful people behind Building in Faith and learn what we believe as a church and desire to share with everyone who listens. We know that God is using the Building in Faith radio ministry to spread the good news of the gospel, but we encourage you to not let this be your only source of spiritual guidance. Reading the Bible, prayer, and fellowship with other believers are all encouraged in God's Word and are extremely beneficial to anyone who wishes to grow closer to God. If you are in the Poughkeepsie, New York area and don't have a church family, we welcome you to join us here at Faith Assembly. For location information, service times, and a calendar of other great upcoming events, visit our website at buildinginfaithradio.com. That's all the time we have for today. But join us again next time right here on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed continues teaching through the book of 1 Peter. Your word restores and heals, transforms, rebuilds, and it makes a Everybody wins when a leader gets better. Absolutely everyone. The stakes of leadership are sky high. Everyone has influence. Come to the Global Leadership Summit on August 10th and 11th and learn skills to help you lead transformation in your community. The summit features leaders like Bill Hybels, Sheryl Sandberg, Andy Stanley, and more. Experience the summit at Faith Assembly Casper Kill Campus, Poughkeepsie, August 10th and 11th. Register at willowcreek.com summit and use the priority code radio willowcreek.com summit.